The world is old and the powers are weary. The god at the door of night has fallen and the great enemy of the world has come back from the timeless void. The shadow has awakened the great evils to regain dominion over Ardar. Darkness shall cover the land if not for the deeds of a small fellowship of elf friends. Join the players of this Dungeons and Dragons campaign as they fulfill the events of the Dagor Daggeron prophecy and strive with Morgoth on the plains of Valinor. Welcome to the Undying Lands in Part 3 of the Inglorian Bastards Trilogy, Trials of the Valar. The other thing that you guys see, uh, are you see three people who are basically suspended, uh, somewhat unconscious. They're, they're just floating above these pillars. And this fire demon, Balrog thing, uh, is sort of chanting, doing some sort of ritual. So you, you each now have gone through one of the portals and are uh, basically have succumbed to one of the virtues of uh, Morgoth. And I think it's probably best at this point to go in turn order. So there's the order. If um, if you are subject to a condition right now, or or something, you're compelled to do something. You you'll do it first on your on your turn. The Balrog sees Faradir and doesn't immediately um, attack him. He ca he's continuing his ritual. I'm calling him a Balrog because that's what you guys called him. Um, but he does kind of have that look. Hey, you look like a Balrog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know a guy. All right, Faradir. Oh, he's running right in there. Yeah, he is. Oh, not little heart. Uh, yeah. Not little heart. You guys still have a quest journal item for little, little heart. Yeah, it's got to get my hammers. Did we end up getting him with his hammer? His mallet? No. His mallet, yeah. No. Holy shit. Two crits. That was a good roll. Yeah. yeah. Wow, good. So that is three hits. Holy cow. It's going to run up and carve my name in your ass. <laughs> Marco, do you want to describe your, your attack here? Well, my first attack sort of opens up his legs, and then the last two, I chop off both of them. I up like a pinata. All right. Yeah, he lets out a, just a massive roar. I kind of wish Tessera had rolled these two. <laughs> uh, all right. And uh, he stops his ritual and looks down at you. <laughs> Uh, All right, Tessero, you're up now. Are you compelled to do anything? Yeah, Tessero tries to do a barrel. He stumbles a little bit. Oh, uh, take out my boat. As Tessero shoots, he says, uh, say hello to my little friends. <laughs> Ball on the man. All right, so it's only minus one, right? So those are two hits. Yeah, and I also have advantage because I made it my sword. Okay. Hey, uh, Charlie, why don't you, I think you're going next. Why don't you roll a 1d4 now so we can figure out how long that's going to last? <laughs> 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 you guys know what happens or no? No, he, no, no. they don't know. Right. But they're, they're, they're about to find out. Hold on. Tesro needs to give me, or Max needs to give me a, a damage. 74? Holy crap. All right. So this thing is bloodied. <laughs> Just after two hits. All right. Uh, and uh, and what does Swift Quiver do? Next turn, I keep my bonus action to do two extra arrows. Oh, wow. All right. So, Burn, it's your turn. And I want you to describe, I think you'll do a good job at this, what happens. All right. I'm going to run in. So, upon entering the room, I look around and I see the altar. Suddenly, that, that fog in my head uh, almost, almost wraps around my mind completely. And I charge towards Tessero. Yeah. And uh, I begin to throw a barrage of punches. Uh, uh, I'm very what? mad. You had your axe in your hand. Uh, yeah. All right. Last. I, I swing. Uh, 
at Tessero with my ex. I'm thinking those are both going to hit. That's yeah, so I'm going to do another course that effect. You only have one reaction, I think. Another course that doesn't take reaction. Is it just a magical property? Do I take 10 damage? Okay, sounds good. Tessero's corslet glows a little bit. Burns attack, like, seems to pass right through him. And uh, as he swings on the way back, he, like, it's like, it's like Matrix dodging. And uh, he just, like, burn, burn, I guess, just skims him a little bit. Okrin, do your thing. Whoa, hold up, man. What's going on? Uh, so I see this, so I'm, I'm thinking Burn's gone nuts. Everybody make a saving throw. DC 19 wisdom save. All right. So Faradir is not frightened. No, he's too busy with balls. <laughs> oh, man. Tessero's had some bad rolls. I'm going to turn into a giant crow and eat those balls. <laughs> no, is it me too? Is it me too giving him at the end of the hallway here? Yeah, you're, you're within 120 feet. Yeah, it affects everything. So just Tessero and Charlie. All right, Okrin. Um... It's this guy's turn. Yep. So let's see here. <laughs> He's going to multi-attack Faradir. So, all right, Faradir, Marco, make a Constitution DC twenty saving throw and a Dexterity save. All right. So you pass the con, pass the Dex. All right. So here's what happens. Um, this guy has something called a disintegrating gray uh, gaze. Um, and he, he hits with it, but you, you like fight his gaze a little bit. Um, and you feel like, uh, uh, you feel like, like parts of your, your clothing are like starting to like evaporate. So he's frustrated by not being able to evaporate you with his eyes. Uh, so he, he looks down at his, uh, bleeding sack and he lifts up his leg painfully <laughs> And he tries to stomp on you, but he misses you. <laughs> and then he brings his claws down and hits you <laughs> for uh, 28 bludgeoning and 18 necrotic. And, wow. and you guys see Faradir get hit harder than you've seen him get hit in a long time. Yeah, it's, it seems that the same attacks from other creatures haven't done as much damage as this guy is doing for some reason. All right, Azelandur, it's your turn. Do your thing. Right, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen here. All right, so he comes running down the hallway, turns the corner, lets loose with the sunbeam. Nope, that's not your first action. You succumb <laughs> to your the the condition. You were you were the greed. The greed, remember? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the more the uh, the altar is. You, you as soon as you enter the room, you see the altar. He doesn't sunbeam. He's about to sunbeam. And then he has this desire to make a, uh, a donation, uh, and a donation of my most, uh, other's most prized possession. Yep. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. So he, he's like, you want to sunbeam on, want to blind him, it's going to be awesome. And he's like, wait, I want to give up something that I really enjoy, and it's precious to me. And that's, that is going to be, it has to be, yep. the ring that uh, his eldest brother made for him. The ring made by Celebrimbor. The ring of hope. So you go so drop. He takes up. No, you drop it in the lava. Is what what it says. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, wait, that's not right. I must go to the lava. Drop it in. There we go. So you guys see a Zelendor. He comes in all fired up, and as soon as he sees the altar, he walks over to the lava and drops his ring into the lava. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, I wanted to cast a healing word on uh, Faradir. Okay, so he heals for twenty-two. Um, all right. 
And then Fair Deer is a hit, a hit, and a hit. So 69 damage. All right. So this thing blinks out of existence. All right. So Tessera, you're up. Um, so the only real problem that you're experiencing right now is you have a, a furied uh, barbarian type that is still trying to kill you. You have lava at your back and an axe-wielding maniac dwarf at your front. Tessera is going to um, disengage. Uh, and then run through Zelda's legs all the way here. The <laughs> I'm gonna cast a polymorph on uh, on Burn. <laughs> Well done, well done. Um, All right, so, so, so you're, you're uh, Charlie, you're going to have to do do your save. What is it, a wisdom save? Yeah, wisdom save. I'm going to turn him into a, a rabbit, turning him into a rabbit. Uh, uh, not a rabbit, not a rabbit. I'm going to turn him into a snail. He's harmful and it's the least likely to escape. Let's, let's actually just say that's fine, that Burns' rage passes and he, transformed back, he transforms back into himself and, and all is good now. Um, nicely done, Max. With a snail first, right? He turns into a snail, and yeah. Uh, so let's let's figure out what you guys are gonna do about Altar and Iman and Ilfren. What do they look like? There are they unconscious? Uh, no, they're still just kind of floating there. Um, you know, probably be best you think to get them back to Ilmar and. Uh, can we dispel magic? Yeah, you can. Or can we grab them from where they are? Uh, you think a Zelendor could fly over and get them. Um, so you guys see get, uh, Tessero getting a little loopy. Um, Burn appears to have calmed down. Uh, Zelendor's crying. Uh, <laughs> Fair Deer is bruised. Uh, and Okrin uh, is still scaring the hell out of... Uh, Tessero and uh, actually, yeah, you guys would. Let's do another round of saves for you guys. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be with the group right now. What's what kind of save? Uh, it's a frightful presence. All right, so MJ's all right. So Burn is still scared. So Burn, you're gonna have to <laughs> basically. <laughs> I think you know you basically want to run away from Okrin. Give me a snail. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, whatever you guys want. So he's he's a snail going really slow away from Okrin. <laughs> I chase him slowly. <laughs> He's really a snail song for him. Um, we'll say okay. We'll say the frightful presence then has worn off uh, right around the time Polymorph wears off, and you guys have to you have to figure out how to get back. Um, you're trying to summon the uh, the portal, and it's not working inside of Tangora Drum. Oh boy! So you guys leaving? Look around, see if maybe we can miss anything. Yes, actually, you find two things, which I haven't filled in, but I will next week to let you know what it does. You find, uh, one second, let me find it, this, and combo. Zelendor, as you are sort of lamenting the loss of your ring, you see this. Oh, it's three Cimmerals. Yes, that is more brass crown. You know, we happen to have three Cimmerals. Hey, that's pretty convenient. Yes, it is. It would be a shame if we were to just let them go to wait. Is it? Is it funny yeah. that that Morgoth's crown I named Angry? <laughs> 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 it's uh, uh its name means uh it's it's its name means crown of iron that's cool it says mallet of tombo but it, it looks like a stick oh wait was this were we trying to is this little heart we were trying to find his mallet yeah uh so tombo little heart or is it art uh well you have to talk with him when he's awake L little heart ilfrin is a Maiar. uh or you think he's a Maiar. you're not really sure what he is um, but he turns into like this celestial fox. Uh, 
Um, and he, he showed you how to get to the cottage of last, lost play in the second part of the campaign. Um, and, um, he, he just said, Hey, um, you know, I'm the, I'm the gong warden at the, at the cottage of lost play. And he has this special gong called Tombo that he bangs to call the children to supper and for story time at the cottage of lost play. Is this sounding familiar? Yeah. Um, and his mallet was gone. Um, and he, he couldn't find his mallet. So he said, if you can, you know, if you can find it, you know, let me know. Um, so it, it, it had obviously been stolen probably by the man in black back in the day and brought here to Angband. Um, you don't know why, uh, but now you have Ilfrin uh, again and his mallet. You have Altar the Blue who helps set everything into motion. And you have Ayman who was playing a role in the trial of Orome to teach you guys the music of the Ainur. Um, they're all unconscious um, and you're you're trying to leave Thangordrim now, right? Is that correct? Yes. So where's that crown? Um, do you do you want to tell the others why you, you that you know that you were kind of looking for it? Oh, oh, uh, sorry. Yes, um, I was sent here on uh, a mission by my brother in part to uh, to capture that crown with the intent of uh, bringing it back and uh, and using it possibly in the fight against uh, Morgoth. Bang the Samuels to it. But we have to. Uh, there's a slight problem. Sir Tom, what's the other dude there? Sure. Yeah. What was the other guy? Fanor. Yeah, yes. Yes. Um, see, he. He thinks that he um, should get all the symbols back. So there's gonna be a slight disagreement over the future of the symbols and like what actually is gonna happen to them. I mean, they're technically they are his, but uh, you know, uh, what the hell's gonna do with them? You know. I think you should put them in the crown and wear it. See, that's that was the intention, you know. Uh, that's why I was, my brother uh, went to told me about the crown for the crown and everything else. But um, we're, we're going to work on uh, that guy there and his samuels and see if we can hang on to him. You celebrated him after? Yeah, you know, hey, I've had samuels before and given them up, you know, when I didn't want to. So uh, I got some credibility here. All right. So got a little bit of, uh, you got to get a work on Thanor a little bit when you get back to Amar. And so you guys are basically trying to in the portal and you walk outside and right outside the entrance now now you're sure this is a balrog um and uh, so let me show you what he looks like and we're going to end here for the night let, let me introduce you to gothmog the the uh the chief lieutenant of morgoth you guys will only have one more trial after this so if we do gothmog and we finish him in time um we'll do uh you guys are going to be heading to gundabad to the to the birthplace of durin the deathless though this marks the end of the episode the road goes ever on until next time join us at longwinded.one and consider giving us a review on apple music spotify or really whichever platform you choose.